Hey everybody, before you listen to the show, two quick things. I hope you and your loved ones are safe, happy and healthy. Secondly, stop right now. If you haven't already, check out our free to access conveyance and service for mortgage brokers and estate agents. Mortgage brokers must check out our free to access services at the mortgagebrokerclub.co.uk including over 25 categories of mortgage broker tools. Stay well, and I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the MRC Show for Property Professionals. I'm your host, Sean Rogers, and I am delighted to be joined on today's show by Tanya Tumarch, CEO of Mortgage Broker Tools. Firstly, Tanya, congratulations on the role of CEO. How have you found the last six months, is it? And how are things generally? Thanks so much, Sean. It's been a, an unusual time to, to join any new role, I think, during the pandemic, but it's been great. Um, the team's been great, um, working virtually, getting me onboarded. I think actually the virtual meetings have made it a lot easier almost to go and meet people across the business. Um, so always look for the silver lining and that. And then, of course, the mortgage industry over the past six months has gone through so much change in itself. And I think it's a really interesting time kind of from an industry perspective, from our company perspective. So although it has been unusual, it's um, not something I hope to go through again, start starting a new job in a pandemic, but it's, <laughs> it's been one hell of an event. And tell us a bit about your background. Um, what what how what were you, was your sort of life story, I suppose, in your career in the lead up to taking the role? Yeah, so I've all, my career's always been rooted in retail financial services, um, whether that be in credit cards, insurance, at some of the large retail banks, at, at small fintechs. I kind of worked and started my career working across them. I then admittedly did take a bit of a break, um, decided to invest in myself when I got my MBA, spent a few years at a strategy consulting company, but kind of the calling back to retail FS kind of was always in the back of my mind. And when this opportunity came up, kind of ticked all those boxes. I think for me, my underlying passion has always been in helping consumers understand what can be opaque um, and very important financial decisions and products that they don't always fully understand. And kind of mortgages is, is definitely one of them. Yeah, it's one of the largest emotional and financial decisions. Um, consumer can make and we all have a role to play in that industry um and so very excited what mbt is doing there yeah and was it was it bain and company you were at previously yeah it was bain and company so they're a kind of strategy consulting company worked across a large range of industries which is actually great because you can then get to see what do you take from each different industry and apply to um kind of the mortgage market and the retail fs market in general I'm interested in terms of, you know, being appointed CEO, you know, you obviously have a broad range of leadership skills. Um, I'm interested, how much of it do you think is sort of nurturing nature, sort of how much of um, your leadership skills, the things that you have to fulfil every day as CEO um, and your roles in the past, how much of that do you think has kind of just been in use since a very early age and has kind of flourished or how much is that is due to circumstance, experience, I, I definitely on. think oh tough or you know I don't think I would have said I was a leader as a as a child um but I think what's great is that 
there are a whole range of leadership styles and that's coming more and more apparent. I think, you know, when you used to look back and say, oh, it had to be you know, this kind of person is the epitome of a leader. Um, that to me has definitely changed. I think I've been very lucky in my career to, of, you know, surround myself with people that have invested in my development. Um, and likewise, that's kind of what we do, you know, something that I'm very passionate about. Um, whether it be at previous jobs or outside of work, I do a lot of like, you know, coaching, um, kind of just helping, you know, kind of young, young people nurture and develop themselves as well, because I think with the, you know, kind of right backing, the right um, encouragement, and then the right opportunities, kind of a lot of people can kind of take on those leadership roles. Yeah, I think the 1980s kind of Marco Pierre White style kind of, you know, Gordon Ramsay style thing, certainly when when I got my first job at like, well, my first proper job at 16, I've been working in a factory in the night and then at the week I, I basically got a job in a law firm and sort of day one, it was like a senior partner who'd had a cup of tea and a biscuit brought to him and literally <laughs> the, the cup of tea went because it wasn't the right biscuit. And then like one of the nicest people in the world had like a lever arch folder thrown at their head bounces off the wall and it had a sort this like note on it so got who knows what the problem was but obviously the lever arch file explodes and i'm like week one of a 16 year old junior going, like trembling in your boots <laughs> yeah i can only sort of compare it to being like a sous chef in a marco pierre white kitchen and you wow. not just ruin yeah it was pretty intimidating and like like it's a good job the things are moved on um and no doubt they need to move on further, by the way, in terms of things. But yeah, I completely agree with you. I think probably leadership, I think, is probably the wrong role. And I actually think it's it's probably being skilled at influencing. And everyone has to be able to influence. Like, you know, if you're a mortgage broker, yeah. influence, I think, can have maybe a misconception of kind of manipulation. But I actually think, like, you've got to be able to influence people to make decisions, whether that's to give you a job or to work alongside you or to give you a break or to even just take the call or whatever it be to make that leap of faith. And I suppose in your more senior position, it's the ability to influence people because you, you're going to have to comp make everyone compromise at times and, and work towards certain yeah. goals. And I think how you talk about the difference between influence and manipulation, you're right, it can, can get, have a negative connotation. But I think influence for me is being able to explain your point of view and take it from the other person's point of view as to what would matter to them and actually kind of break that information asymmetry. You give yeah. them, like you say, the power to make the right decision using the knowledge that you know that they might not necessarily know themselves. I Did you have any sort story. of mentors, like personally or family or, or anyone in work that look like, now you're in the role of CEO, um, not saying, well, maybe you will pick up the phones and pick the brains, but is there anyone that you kind of think you, sort of was almost a mentor to you that's kind of that's the kind of path that that will go down or is it is it is it basically you almost self-taught in the way and you found your own path I think along the way different people entered into my life professionally or, or personally um and were mentors or you know even even sponsors and would you know kind of like raise their hand up and kind of back me the way that I think about it is you should always have like your crew of people that will bring different things to elements. So whether that's that they, they know you personally and they can understand how you kind of internalize things and think, and my family's really important for that, or whether it's people that have gone through a similar business. So for example, like our chairman has scaled up 
um, very successful startup. So having him as a mentor and kind of like taught me through the normal phases is, is really helpful. And then just also your, your peers, you know, mentors don't have to be um, people necessarily who are more senior to you. I kind of view mentors as people that, you know, will cross like the full spectrum. Um, and for me, the biggest thing is being open to ask for help, right? You, to to get, have good mentors and to get the best out of everyone is being comfortable, being open, honest, and actually asking asking for help because most people will give it to you if you, if you ask. Um, people love to to actually give. I think we're very like yeah. giving um, humans. So yeah, ask ask for help. No, what do you think? But yeah, I mean, for like 60, 70 years, people have had the ability. To press a button and ruin the world to be fair so yeah it's worth remembering that there's a lot of good out there to be fair um yeah. what surprised you most about the sector you know i mean you've, you've been parachuted in in a, in a way to you know pandemic to you know brexit's on the horizon like changing times in terms of like digital transformations and stuff what surprised you the most in the sector that's a great question um i think what surprised me the most is actually how close-knit the community is and how all the different players are kind of ultimately working towards the same goal which is having you know that the customer getting the right mortgage for them kind of when they need it and whether that's technology players like ourselves whether that's you know brokers working really hard or that's lenders working really hard it's actually a very close-knit community kind of all working for the same ends all with slightly different aspects obviously but i was really overwhelmed by how consumer driven everyone thought and actually all working towards that same goal. And going into 2021 and beyond, what do you think the biggest challenges are facing the sector? What would be the biggest if you prefer? So I don't have a crystal ball, but I will, I'll pretend that I have one. Let's end the show now. That's not good enough. I thought you were bringing that. The deal was you were bringing that with you. (laughs) All right, let me just get it out. Um, So I think one of the biggest issues is going to be Kind of the volume of demand. So I think we've all seen demand increase um, over the past few months through pent up demand of the lockdown, the stamp duty change. We all know that's coming to an end in March. An open question whether new schemes will come in like generation buy. But what I imagine is that the demand will be a bit spiky at some point. I think they'll go through surges and down. And therefore, how do you kind of a maintain service levels throughout it all? But how do you do the distribution and get to the right customers and make sure you are continuously updating your products um, to, to win those customers as they come on. And I think that's going to be what we, at least I anticipate to kind of be a bit of an abnormal year in kind of like spikiness of demand. And what do you think might be the biggest digital changes or digital transformations, um, whether, you know, not so much what the consumer sees necessarily, but what, what do you think they would be? So I think the market's gone come quite away in digital transformation, but in my view, it's, it's been done in almost like pockets. And I imagine there to be much more integration across the value chain. So, you know, if I take kind of MBT, we've focused on kind of like affor- affordability and digitizing that and making that better. Um, other players are focusing on, you know, kind of making a seamless supply journey. And these are all still quite kind of broken up. I imagine that will be integrated across the value chain. So. Like you say, the customer, well, hopefully the customer will see it in quicker completion date times. Um, but I think it will be kind of that actually how the technology stack is integrated and therefore how seamless and easy it is for brokers to move across that entire process 
that should change the most? Yeah, I think certainly a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm by no means anyone, anyone in, important in the sector or that knowledgeable in the sector at all. But something that surprised me is that um, I think whoever provides the one-stop shop for mortgage brokers where there's so many different there's like we even know from the due diligence we've been doing and the talks we've had with various partners that there's some amazing products out there um there's a fantastic sort of overlap and synergy with them and just the one thing that um that surprised me a little bit is that it's almost not under one roof that someone hasn't been able to keep the company separate don't get me wrong not reinvent the wheel but actually put it all under one umbrella and i think Whoever the um, individual is that does that will will be very successful, have a lot of fun, probably be stressed out their brains, but also make a ton of money. But also, I think they will win in the basis that just from a complete convenience factor, whether that I think next year will be far too soon for that. But I, I suspect that, yeah. that has to be where it's going. And I think certainly from a legal services point of view, I think you're going to see it could take longer because all things do in that, in that area. You know, there's people there that still think Federer and an Inkwell is quite modern and trendy in legal services. But I, I do think with land registry and, and other things, it will get more and more digital. Um, I think that's one thing the pandemic will prove is that consumers want and clients want that convenience. You know what I mean? When there's quite technical things or even quite little things like a bicycle pump where you can literally go on Amazon, a couple of clicks, and then you get a text message when it's coming and it's there. And then you can go to some quite complicated things um, and get that. I just think you're going to see so much more people wanting convenience um, professionally as well, by the way, because if you're getting used to that in your personal life, you're going to almost expect that in your, in, your, in your professional life for me. Um, I just wanted to ask you as well, if you could pick... Sorry, go on, Tanya. Yeah. I was just going to say, um, like you said, there are so many different solutions out there already and people just becoming, like from a broker sense, becoming more aware of them. And I think that's why it's great, like what you're doing, which is finding out all these different products and putting them under one roof. So at least, at least a broker can go to one place and say, oh, okay, these are all the different options that I have. And then like you say, in, you know, like a year, two years, hopefully that all those different players will be integrated somehow. And it's just all super seamless with the broker. Yeah, I mean, in a, in a funny way, it must, to a certain extent, must never be a better time in a way. I, I think probably some people would disagree with that, but because I'm coming into it fresh, it looks to me like you've still got a sort of traditional model that works and and is there and can, and can flourish. And then at the same point in time, it looks like there's more and more options um, and better developments coming out all the time that, that, that can only help. Um, I was going to ask you as, as well, Tanya, but May, um, just on the, on, on the subject of that, really, what would you say would be one thing that mortgage brokers could focus on perhaps to safeguard the business uh, you know ensure workflows or at least consistent if not growing and um, you know what would that be so i think it's less about ensuring the workflow and i actually think you know kind of just based on the, the questions and conversations we've been having for me it's embracing technology and it's this idea that the technology isn't there to replace a broker it is to enhance and help a broker and at least at mbt that's how we you, we view it and i think if you don't start embracing you know the right technology for you and that's different for everyone but embracing that now then i think you will find it tougher to, to adapt and you will be becoming less efficient um and it's really you know leveraging all the tools out there so you can do 
your job as efficiently as possible. And then you free up the time, then you can go focus on, um, you know, increasing your word of mouth, winning more customers. Personally, I'm not sure the best way to um, to increase business through kind of as a broker, but what I do know is we can help you do your work more efficiently. So you have the capacity to get more customers. Definitely brilliant. And nice, nice, nice lead in to mortgage broker tools. Um, for those of us who don't know, um, tell us what mortgage broker tools is and why it was created. Yeah, of course. So mortgage broker tools was created about two years ago now, and our kind of primary aim is to help um, brokers save time during the research process and help them find the best lender for their specific customers needs and one of our co-founders who's a broker himself basically was really frustrated at all the time he spent going into each lender's individual affordability calculator filling them all in getting results and ultimately not just relying on sourcing and the product but also taking into account who will loan them the amount um, and then focus his sourcing efforts on those. So that was the kind of like concept. And so that's how kind of we came about, which is using technology through one simple form, integrating with all the lenders calculators. So, you know, kind of within one minute, fill in the form within one minute, you get all the results and you basically save that time. But also you might be surprised at what lenders come up top or where you might have written off um, your customer being able to get the loan that they want, you might be surprised that there might be one or two lenders out there that can do it. And so that's kind of our, our ultimate aim. Um, so in, in terms of the key problems and, and issues it solves, it would be fair to say that basically, um, rather than, well, basically it solves frustration, wasted time, and also staying up to date in a way, because rather than, as you say, having to go into individual lenders and fill in that information and fill in them forms and everything else, under one roof, you can get access to that. And, you know, it might even be a month or two before that you'd made a certain assumption, perhaps on a certain position that a lender was taking and something could have changed, which would then implement changes there. Is that kind of, is that what you solve and the, and the key features that Mortgage Broker Tools provides? Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's really well summarized. I love the, the word frustration there um, and that time spent. What we're actually seeing is per week, about three to five changes are happening in affordability behind the scenes. So kind of as a broker, for you to stay up to date with that, either yeah, by times 80 or whatever. Yeah. Searching through, or assuming that based on previous knowledge, you know, one lender would loan an amount and then getting further down the process and realizing that's not the case. I, I think that's also then the risk and what we're trying to solve for, which is do affordability once accurately for most of whole of market up front. And then, and then you're confident that when you kind of go through the apply process, you're not gonna to have to come back to your customer and say, well, well, actually, sorry, we can't get that amount you want. Like playing devil's advocate, if I'm listening to this, I might be saying, look, there's, there's been a conveyancing logjam this year and I've still got a healthy book of work in progress. Um, you know, I've got ad work coming out of my ears with everything that's going on. Um, it's going to probably be a little bit harder for people to um, do product transfers and stay with their own lender, perhaps, because a lending criteria changes to people's uh, pay and financial circumstances, which may lead to an increase in brokers needing more bespoke products and so forth. Kind of, I've, I'm mad busy, I've come this far without you, you know, 
playing completely yeah. devil's advocate here. You know, why would I change my habits and, and give you a go? Why, why, why would I try mortgage broker tools? I think that's a very fair question. And what we find is actually that's kind of, that's what we work hardest to kind of break down, which is why should you try MBT? We find out once people try us and run a few cases, we actually have a very high conversion rate. Um, customers stay with us for a very long time, but it's how to get over that hurdle. And I think what I can only say is, you know, now's the time when there's so many changes going on in the market, kind of how do you stay up to date? I know it's kind of that tiny bit of investment up front, but you know, super small, it's a, it's a quick sign up. You try a few cases um, and it actually will save you kind of buckloads of time down the line. And we've actually saw um, a higher uptake of MBT kind of during um, over the summer months as I think quite a few people were like, oh, actually now's the time that I should be looking at this thing. Now I can see the value a lot more than maybe previously in a more stagnant market, you know, and affordability wasn't moving around as much. They're like, okay, you know, can I continue without this? And if I kind of look back into my, my crystal ball, I imagine, and I think a lot of lenders would say the same, that they will continue to have to make amendments to affordability and criteria kind of over the next few years as the market will continue to kind of ebb and flow. So, you know, if I'm listening to this now or I come across you and I'm, I'm thinking, okay, it sounds quite interesting. Um, you know, what's the actual process for me signing up? Kind of what's my commitments? What are the risks? Um, how hard is it for me to get set up? Because some things can be a pain just to get set up. They might be easy to use, but they're just a pain to set up. Or conversely, you know, how much of my time is it going to take, you know, just working my way around and, and familiarising myself with the system? You know, am I going to lose time at the start, if you see what I mean? that I then gain later down the road? So first sign up is kind of really quick and easy. Um, you can just go onto our site, mortgagebrokertools.co.uk, click sign up. We ask you, you know, four or five questions to register, and then you actually get a free 30-day trial. So we don't ask you for any payment details, um, and it's really just kind of try it yourself. Like I say, get it and just try it, really. In terms of then, how much time to spend kind of navigating the form. Um, you know, obviously we think it's quite intuitive and we get feedback that it's intuitive, but we are always there to do demos. So you can always reach out to us and ask for a demo um, or run through a live case with you. Um, if it's not if it's not as intuitive, we say, you know, run a few cases and then and then you get the gist of it and can quite easily kind of turn through your cases quite quickly. But we try to make it as easy as possible. And if anyone listening um, or watching thinks that isn't the case, then I'd love to hear your feedback because I would love to improve that element if, in fact, it's not as easy as we think. And I assume you've got all the support things like email, live chat, um, yes. support yes, tickets, whatever. Exactly. So live chat, we have um, email, which is support at mortgagebrokertools.co.uk, um, as well as a phone number that you can call. Um, we've actually got our, our co-founder of Broker as well, who works on the support desk. So you will be speaking to um, people that kind of understand the complex cases and can actually speak broker to broker, which we thought was really important. So basically I sign up, I, I get free trials, so I, can, I don't have to put my payment details in. I can basically fill in some test cases to see what it looks like. Um, I'm assuming when I sign up, I get a follow-up email from you with a link, all the usual details, and I assume it's like a web link. So basically, I'm, I'm just going into my normal browser and just logging in 
and yeah. submitting stuff yeah. there. Um, what about compliance? Because obviously, you know, I need to keep, you know, mortgage broker obviously needs to keep a record of, of, of their evidence of research. Um, do you do anything to support mortgage brokers with compliance? Yeah, so we built in quite a few functionalities around that. So the first is that you can just print the results. So that will generate a PDF of everything that you've inputted and the table. So you'll see for residential, it's 42 lenders. For buy to let, we have 65 lenders on our panel. So you'll see everything you've inputted plus a ranked table based on affordability, which straight away will prove you've taken hold of market advice and then quite easily say, well, I might not have chosen the cheapest product because they didn't loan the amount requested. Kind of that's, you know, FCA compliance ticked. And then we also have a screenshot of a specific lender calculator. So what happens when you actually you know, click lender, get lender results at MBT, is we go and we populate all the lenders affordability calculators and pull back the results, including a PDF of their web page of how we filled it in. So say so you want to go to you know, the lender that you've chosen, you can also save down the screenshot of how it's all put in in their calculator. And that's how obviously we stay up to date with all the changes the lenders make if they make it behind their scenes in their calculator that feeds through on their web page which then fundamentally feeds through into mbt so those are those are the key areas which we've got feedback on how it helps in compliance brilliant what kind of pricing are you at then so i go through my 30-day free trial i like it i enjoy the cases you're then going to say look end of your trial you need to sign up now what how, how much are you taking that we bank tanya not not too much um so it's 14.99 plus that per user per month for our residential and buy to let. And if you just want access to residential, it's 9.99, just that per user per month. Um, and then for that, you get unlimited number of cases. So you can run as many cases as you want. Um, you can add on more users. So, you know, whether you're kind of a one man band or a five man band, whatever, or one man woman band, I should say, um, correcting myself there, then you can obviously scale up. And it's also a monthly um, rolling subscription. So, you know, you're not committing for a year. If you no long like, contract or anything. It's just a rolling contract, direct debit. Um, like I said, people who try us, run a few cases, subscribe. And those people that subscribe, you know, love it. They use it on loads of their, most, mostly all of their cases, compliance reason being one of them. Um, and they stay on. And, you know, that's why we've done a monthly run and contract because we're confident that once you start using our product and integrate it into your research process, it will definitely provide the value. Um, I think, for example, and this is a great piece of, of data that we actually um, pulled out because we, we aggregate all the data up that we find. And we found that 13% of the cases that we see, only one or two lenders will meet the loan requested. So if MBT helps you find that one or two lenders then and place the case that the customer's happy with. I mean, you've paid back for your monthly subscription multiple times over. Value. Um, and where where do you want to be in 12 months time, you know, two years time? What Where, where would you like to see mortgage broker tools? Um, and even yourself personally, you know, is this something where, you know, you see yourself being CEO of the company during that time and, and, and where do you see yourself all going as a team? So I think over, over the next 12 months from an MBT perspective, what we would love to see is kind of brokers understanding of the importance of affordability and using it more and more in their research process. 
where we want to go with the company, I guess, to go back to our aim to help advisors save time in the research process and find the best lender can look beyond affordability. Um, we're looking to include criteria, for example, and kind of become, again, to our point when you've got all these different solutions, how can you start integrating some of them together, make it a much more integrated um, and holistic almost recommendation tool for brokers. Um, and in terms of, yeah, I'm, I'm firmly, I think that's what we'd love. That's what we would love to see. Brilliant. Well, that's it for this week, everyone. And thank you, Tanya. You've been amazing. I've really enjoyed our time. Thanks for giving. Oh, well, thank you for giving up the time to be on the show. And you've been a fantastic guest. Thank, thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, if you want any further information on mortgage broker tools, please check out the website. We've also got tons of information on them uh, in our affordability section on the Mortgage Broker Club website. And we'll be putting stuff out on social media about them as well. Uh, we'll be spreading the, the free trial link everywhere. <laughs> You'd be sick of the sight of it. Um, and loads more information on, on mortgage broker tools and the benefits you can receive as a broker. Um, please share and spread the word about the MLC show for property professionals. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please hit us with a five-star review. And remember to check out the products and services at the mortgagebrokerclub.co.uk. But more importantly, please stay well and take care.